0: Moreover, it's required that stewards be found faithful. Yeah faithfulness is the requirement. So God knows my schedule. God knows my time. God knows how much I have to give. God knows my mental capacity. He knows when I'm exhausted and I open the Bible and I read it. And the words literally don't make sense, which is, by the way, a bad time to write notes. Don't don't (laughs) write notes when you you don't really even understand what you're reading. Um, But, you know, he understands all those things. And there is a miraculous element by which we've got to rely on the Lord to make up for that. But I can't use that as an excuse for my lack of discipline or my, my unwillingness to be faithful. Hey guys, welcome to the
1: Expositors Collective Podcast, episode 65. I'm your host, Mike Neglia. One of the most frequently asked questions that I get, um, as the the host or the producer or whatever of this podcast is, um, a bunch of people have reached out to me to ask if we could do more, um, featuring, uh, bivocational pastors, um, people that are teaching and preaching and it's not their full-time gig. Um, people that don't have the luxury of setting aside, um, Wednesday and Thursday and Friday to devote those three days to honing and crafting, um, their messages. Um, people that don't have a staff, people that don't have research assistants anyway. So we have heard your requests and, um, here is, uh, the newest episode, uh, featuring, uh, bivocational ministry focus. Um, there have been, uh, people in the past, uh, Jody Ponce, uh, Brian Tan and, uh, Danny Keating and some others that have spoken about bivocational ministry and they'll be linked in the show notes. Um, but this episode is largely a focus on what it means to carve out time in the midst of, um, other priorities and other professions in addition to the call to teach and preach the Bible regularly so cody king um, speaks to nick katie about the um, unique opportunities blessings and challenges that come from bivocational ministry and guys uh, i think it's just in a few days time that our new jersey training weekend is coming up and both nick and and Cody are going to be there, uh, leading groups and pouring into the next generation of Christ-centered expository preachers. And so if you are coming along to New Jersey, you'll get a chance to meet and thank and chat um, Cody and Nick yourself. And, you know, by the time this is going to come out, it's only a few days away. But if you live nearby, if you want to Fly, take a bus, hitchhike, walk to Howell, New Jersey. Man, I'd love to see you there. So, anyway, I hope this episode, I hope the upcoming training weekend in Howell, New Jersey, and all that we do at the Expositors Collective, um, that it comes together to help your personal study and your public proclamation of God's Word. God bless you.
2: Welcome to the Expositor's Collective Podcast. Uh, I'm Nick Cady, and I'm here today with Cody King of Redemption Calvary. Hey, Cody, thanks for being on the podcast yeah, with us. Yeah, it's
0: my pleasure. I'm excited to be able to do this with you.
2: So we're recording in Longmont, Colorado, at uh, at Whitefield's church's office, our church's office, and uh, thanks for driving up. Yeah. Um, Cody, maybe just introduce yourself to our listeners. Um, you've been a part of the last few exposers Collective events, training weekends. Yeah. So some people who have been to those are going to know you. Sure. But for those who don't know you, uh, tell us about yourself. Tell us about your ministry here in Colorado.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, like you said, my name is Cody King. Uh, I'm the uh, lead pastor at Redemption Calvary. Um, and I planted that church five years ago um, and uh, moved out from Southern California to be able to plant the church. Um, we, I, I kind of counted as the first year was a home Bible study and kind of getting some things put together. Um, and then we've been actually officially launched as a church for four years. So I say five years, but four years is for church, you know, where the church is officially, I guess existed <laughs> beyond a, a home bible study kind of a thing. Um and uh so yeah, been been doing that for the last uh for the last 5 years. I I love expositors collective. I remember when um you had reached out to me about it. Um I originally just thought it was like some some cool graphics on Instagram. That's all oh, I thought it was. Wow. I didn't really know about it. Um, and then you'd reached out to me to participate in the one here in Denver. Denver, Yeah. Yeah. And and man, I can't tell you how excited I was to be able to be a part of it because, um, it's something that I'm, I'm passionate about. I really want people to be equipped and trained to teach the Bible. Well, It's, it's something that drives me. And you and your wife, you're like a team. You guys have
2: been at the events, Mm -hmm. and she's been ministering to ladies and and coaching and things like that. It's been really cool.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. It's exciting. I I love it. In fact, something that's interesting is before I knew what Expositors was, at our church, I was doing a four-week expository teaching class. And it happened to coincide with the event. And so um, I was just, uh, I don't know, I'm just fired up about it. I love everything about it. Uh, I guess the reason I love it is because for me— Um, I look back at at my teaching past and I think I could have benefited a lot from someone who knew what they were doing to actually give me some direction, some advice. A lot of what I did was just kind of accidental and trying right you like invent the wheel it would have been nice if somebody gave you like some
2: blueprints or Been a lot easier for sure (laughs) right it's like putting together ikea furniture without the instructions
0: (laughs) well even with the instructions man those little weird guys you don't know what they're doing yeah right
2: (laughs) all right so hey cody maybe tell uh tell us a little bit about your background so you've been in
0: colorado now for five years five years yeah Uh, before that, uh, so before that, uh, I lived in Southern California. I'm originally from Arizona, so I grew up in a little town in uh, in Arizona called Cholo. Uh, so that's not Cholo; it's <laughs> it's, it's actually Cholo. Uh, and just a, a little mountain town, grew up there. Um, I got saved when I was 17. I, I didn't really grow up in the church. I was kind of part of the that Christmas and Easter club. You know, my family would show up at church on special days or whatever. And I got saved when I was 17 and immediately I knew that I was called into, into ministry. I, I didn't know what that meant, but I knew that God had called me right from the day I was saved. Uh, God used a, a significant event with the, the youth pastor. Um, he just touched my back to pray over me as I was giving my life to the Lord. And God spoke to me in that moment, telling me what he's doing for you, you do for other people. And so I just, you know, I started, uh, um, pursuing the Lord. I knew I didn't know the Bible. Um, and, uh, so, I knew I needed to learn it. So I went to Calvary Bible College and tried to get some understanding there and God radically transformed my life. And so from there, I was able to um, start volunteering at a church in, uh, in Southern California after uh, getting married. I'd been married for about six months, um, started volunteering at a church there. And um, from there, they asked me to come on staff. And so I took over the junior high ministry as a junior high director and uh, about a year later, I was ordained as one of their pastors. So I was 24, ordained as a pastor at this church, and I remember uh, they uh, um, they told me after I was one of the pastors at the church that I was going to be on on this on call rotation. And uh, man, I'm like, I'm a kid. What am I? What am I going to tell these people? You know? And, so the rotation was a preaching rotation. No, sorry, it was uh, just a pastoral ministry. You know, like people call in to say, Hey, I got something going on. And I remember uh, I had to share a, an office with an older, older pastor, and uh, I got off the phone on my first time getting a phone call. It was like a, a marriage question, and uh, he encouraged me. He's like, all right, that's, that's how you do it, and he gave me some direction, so it was cool. But, so anyway, I was able to, to do that and uh, was on staff at that church for a number of years. I was teaching every week, um, multiple times a week, two to three times a week on a Wednesdays, Sundays. Uh, we added a Saturday night service, so I was teaching then as well. Um, I was teaching up to five different times on uh, over a weekend because of the multiple services, um, and then I was I was able to to preach for the the pastor there uh, as well. Some, sometimes they asked me to do that, um, and then from there I helped to plant a church from 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 that church with the executive pastor about twenty miles south, and so we planted a church there. Um, and which was interesting for me because I had actively said I would never plant a church because it's ridiculous. It's too much work. (laughs) That was my actual thought. Um, and I thought, why plant a church? Why not just help something that's already doing well? And so that was my mentality, but God had to change that stuff in me, you know, and he did that and really gave me a heart and desire for church planting and church planters. Um, I love church planters. I love encouraging them. I love being able to spend time with them and just offer any kind of help that I can, even if it's just prayer and and friendship, you know, so I I love church planters. Um, And so we planted that church. I did that as the assistant and we planted it as a, hopefully to be a church planting church. I mean, obviously God's the one who does that. You don't get to decide, Um, but we planted it as hoping to be a church planting church. And um, I thought my job was going to be to train, equip and send. I did not have a, a desire to go. Uh, but God changed that after about seven years. Uh, so I was there for seven years, and then God called us to come out here. Uh, that was about five and a half years ago. Cool.
2: You know that we have a lot of people who listen to this podcast who um, I think can relate to where you were at at different stages in your life. You know, yeah. there are people who are teaching junior high you know, in high school groups and, and teaching every week. Yeah. And then there are some who are, you know, teaching occasionally for the, for the main service. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, what, what we've had a lot of feedback on is like people who teach um, and work at the same time. So sure. by, by, vocational. Yeah. So I know that you, for the first, how like five, how many four, years? Four, four years? years. Yeah. You were by vocational meant that you worked a full-time job yep and you preached every Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, tell us a little bit about that, particularly what I'm interested in knowing is how did you do that? Like how many hours a week were you working at your job? And then how, what was your schedule? Like, how did you preach good sermons uh, and work a full-time job?
0: Yeah, I think it's, man, that's a really, really good question. I've had the opportunity to be bivocational um, three times. Uh, So the first time was when I was uh, going to uh, serve in student ministry, I was volunteering and working a full time job. And I, that job, I was working about forty hours a week. And then I, uh, when we I planted the first church, um, I was the, in the assistant role and I was teaching probably about I don't know six times a year, maybe something like that. So it wasn't really often, but I was teaching home Bible studies during that time. Um, and so, uh, doing, doing that, uh, being bivocational before then I went on staff at that church and then planting this church, uh, being bivocational for four years. And it's literally just been just over a year, just May, a couple of months ago was when I was able to go full-time a year ago. So it's just, just been over a year. Um, and there's a lot of differences within each of those kinds of things. So, uh, I think that, you know, in teaching week to week, um, as uh, I'm trying to prepare, Quality sermons, right? Because that's I and mean, there's three things when you're when you're thinking about a church that matter the most, and um, we tend to put a lot of attention on the preaching because that's what we care about and it's what's the most valuable in terms of uh, what people are receiving. But really, as far as what people need, they need a good kids ministry. You know, yeah, they need to true. know that their kids are. T- we've gone. My wife and I have gone to churches. We have four kids. We have four daughters. So you can pray for me. I've got, yeah. I live in an estrogen ocean. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, so we've got four kids. And I remember visiting churches where we were apprehensive. You know, we put our kids in there and it's almost like it doesn't matter what the pastor's talking about. I'm worried about my girls and are they okay? And am I, am I going to get them back, you know, the same or better than when I gave them to you, you know? Um, so I think that that matters a lot, but you know, it's the kids ministry, the music and the preaching, right? Those are the three kind of things that you got to have in order to really be able to effectively minister to people. And so how do you, you know, I don't have really control over some of those other ones, but I got control over the preaching one. So how do I do this? the best that i can with the time that i've got because when i was uh planting redemption um we you know I, i'm working for uh for comcast as a cable installer um and i'm literally the cable guy you know going into people's houses so i'm installing phone and internet and tv and security systems and you know doing all those kinds of things um and the job is is really demanding um i got a be at work at 7am. And I literally don't know when I'm going to get off. And so, uh, daily I worked minimum of 10 hours. So I, I worked 10 to 12 hours every single day. Um, and, uh, sometimes six days a week. So doing that and then trying to figure, I'm going to plant a church and I'm going to have a marriage and I'm going to have four kids. Like, where does, where does all this time come from? And, and I remember people asking me the question, you know, what do you, how do you do this? And I I guess when it really comes down to it, I point to it's got to be the grace of God. I I look at it and say, God made me capable to do things in that time with the time that I had. Um, And so that's God's side. That's the, the miraculous God coming through side. The other side of it, though, I think is discipline. That's the other aspect. It's, it's like 1 Corinthians 9, I think, where Paul says, you know, I beat my body and make it my slave. I think there's a big part of what we do as Bible teachers and Bible preachers that has to do with discipline. You, you've just got to work some disciplines into your life. Um, and so, um, you know, for me, I had to figure out ways to put study time in. Because I couldn't work a 10-hour day, go home and, and neglect my family and say, I'm doing this for the Lord. That's ridiculous. So I've got to figure out time to, to study for that. And I also can't show up on Sunday and say, well, I just didn't have time. You guys are going to get whatever half-baked ideas that happen to come out, and I'm going to ramble for an hour.
2: So my, my friend told me that he went to a church where the pastor was bivocational, and he said that uh, every now and then, the pastor would run out of time to prepare his sermon, and they would just have uh, all worship Sunday. Oh, wow. And he said that, Soon after that started, uh, there began to be a lot of all worship Sundays. Like it was like (laughs) this is now once a month to like three times a month.
0: Yeah, I don't think that that's wise. Yeah, or uh, I mean, if the Holy Spirit directs you to do that, that's one thing. But just saying, I didn't feel like studying. Or I think the guy was slammed, but clearly yeah. you were pre slammed. For sure.
2: 60 hours,
0: sometimes yeah. a week. Absolutely, yeah. So what do you do when you're doing that? Well, so, you know, I, one of the things that really comes to my mind as you're saying that is 1 Corinthians chapter 4, uh, Paul says in there, um, let a man so consider us as stewards of the mysteries of Christ. Right? That's what it says in verse 1. And then verse 2 says, moreover, it's required that stewards be found faithful. Yeah. Faithfulness is the requirement. So, God knows my schedule, God knows my time, God knows how much I have to give, God knows my mental capacity. He knows when I'm exhausted and I open the Bible and I read it and it just, the words literally don't make sense, which is by the way a bad time to write notes. Don't don't <laughs> write notes when you you don't really even understand what you're reading. Um but you know, he understands all those things. And there is a miraculous element by which we've got to rely on the Lord to make up for that. But I can't use that as an excuse for my lack of discipline or my my unwillingness to be faithful. And so what I ended up doing was um, part of my job with Comcast was that uh, I was a, a subcontractor. So that what that meant was I wasn't an hourly employee. I was only getting paid when I was doing installs. So all of the time that I was sitting in between jobs and didn't have, a job that was all my time, uh, so I was able to work in some study time. Then, you know, I could open up my Bible and you know sit in my truck waiting. You know, fifteen minutes, twenty minutes, an hour sometimes for another job, um, and uh, I would be able to put some study time in there. Or, you know, for me, as I'm, I had a job where I was driving, and so what I could do is put my GPS on and literally mindlessly follow the blue line, and uh, then I could listen to messages and allow someone to to speak into me. Or I'm praying and I'm mulling over the verses that I'm reading for that week, trying to. Get into the scriptures as early in the week as possible, you know right away, just so that i 'm thinking on them and, and they 're in my heart and i 'm praying on them, and i 'm asking the Lord about them and and so as i 'm driving the, a lot of times uh, God would be faithful to speak to me about those sections of scripture, and then I would dictate notes to my my notes app um, sometimes it sounded crazy and i didn 't really know what I was talking about, but I could get the gist of it you know um, and uh so you know really really important to do that, but really what I tried to do was I tried to get my um uh structure and outline pretty well set not not really massaged and and you know transitions worked out or even for me one of the hard things that that I have a, a really uh, difficult time with is analogies and things like that. But most of that stuff comes to me in the moment. Um, I don't really pre-plan a lot of that, uh, which is nerve wracking because I know they're important and I want them to be in there, but you know, the, the Lord really hasn't, I guess my brain doesn't work that way. So I, I do put a few in, but most of them come in the moment. And so a lot of that stuff isn't worked out, but by around Thursday, I would have some sort of, outline, some sort of really solid structure to where if I would, you know, if you put a gun to my head and said, you had to preach this, I, I guess I could, but I wouldn't feel like it was faithful or like it was really well done. Um, I would, I guess I could teach it. Um, and then what I would do is I would wake up at four 30 in the morning on Sunday, mm. write the message and then preach that message it makes me that makes me nervous just
2: thinking about it <laughs> i'm getting i'm starting to have like anxiety attack right hot now. flashes yeah <laughs> maybe yeah. it's the coffee maybe yeah <laughs> oh man that's that scares me honestly yeah. like i i love going to bed on uh-huh. saturday and knowing that like it's done i'm done i just go to show up
0: in the morning anyway so yeah but it worked well it wasn't so it wasn't my choice you know it was just i don't have time anywhere else you know i i maybe have an hour here and there during the week um to, to be able to put some time into this and i would get some some you know structure around it some ideas some things i felt like the lord was impressing on my heart and mind and you know, and then I would listen to, uh, David Guzik or John Corson or, you know, something like that to really fill in some of those gaps for me and to check my theology, make sure I'm not coming up with stuff that's clearly not in the text. And, uh, and so, you know, being able to listen to someone teach it was really helpful, um, as, because I didn't, I can't drive and read, so I couldn't read commentaries. I had to listen to commentaries instead. So, you know, just finding some faithful sources of of being able to do that. And then, you know, I, I just didn't have, blocks of time where i could do it and so i you know i I was stuck with i'm gonna do this and so it was weird and i didn't like it and i felt i felt crazy you know like i'm gonna i'm gonna let this thing sit on thursday and not look at it and not uh, you know i'm still praying i'm still reading thursday to sunday morning pretty much i just leave it alone you didn't touch it yeah i tried to leave it alone um because i think there's a um helpful thing in, in the gestational period yeah. where you just let, you let it rest, you know? Um, and so then I would just wake up early. You know, I, I that was time I did have. Uh, yeah. I could wake up early and do that. Um, and it didn't, um, uh, what's the right word for it? it? It didn't impede on my job. You know, it didn't make me too tired to where I couldn't work and give my all at work, you know, because my job wasn't paying me to, to be a pastor. My job was paying me to install cable. Yeah. And so I needed to be faithful to my work. Um, and, uh, and yet I still needed to be faithful to teach and preach the Bible. Well, uh, and so God was really faithful to use the time I had, but I had to be willing to give him the time that I did have. I, you know, I couldn't say, well, I'm just tired. I don't feel like it. Or, you know, like the, the guy that you're talking about before, you know, Another I just, worship I just yeah, we're going to worship Sunday. We did not yeah. do that. <laughs> yeah.
2: So, okay. So then one day. You are now, you've quit your job at Comcast, Mm -hmm. you wake up, it's Monday. Yeah. What'd you do?
0: Like, did you sleep in? (laughs) Um, No, uh, I think that's part of my, maybe it's a problem I have, but it's part of that whole discipline thing. I I remember one, uh, I think it was last year, not not this, this previous year, but the last year, I'm not really big on... Um, New Year's resolutions. But my wife said, Hey, what's your New Year's resolution? And I looked at her with all honesty. And I said, I want to be disciplined in all areas of life. Hmm. And she just laughed at me like, you're ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you set the bar so high? That it's unattainable, you know, but it's truly, it's just really genuinely the way I think I, I want to be really disciplined in everything. Um, and so I'm constantly trying to add to that. How can I be more disciplined Physically, uh, mentally, um, one of the things that, that I've recently been thinking about is being disciplined with rest mm-hmm. because one of the things that ministry does is it tends to give you lots of freedom and you will use your freedom to either be really lazy or really overwork. Uh, and that's just a personality trait for people. You're either going to be one or the other. Yeah. And I tend toward overwork. Yeah, me too. Uh, and so because I do, I actually have to be disciplined about rest and recreation. Mm -hmm. I have to kind of schedule it, which may sound weird to some people, but if I don't, I'll just be a workaholic. Like my wife's out of town right now and she's worried that I'm just going to neglect our children. <laughs> so, you know, um, th- those kinds of things. So no, I, I, there wasn't like a, yeah, yeah I got to sleep in kind of a thing. In fact, it was the opposite really, really? Um, to where my wife had to pull me aside and say, Hey, you are working 60 to 70 hours a week. You need to, you need to rein it back.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure that there are benefits to being a full time pastor totally dedicated church and working a lot on the church um but i i wonder if you would say what are some of the like what are some of the things you miss Mm -hmm. from like the good old days right the good old comcast days
0: yeah absolutely i think um some of some of what i miss is uh just the simplicity of things you know um as things grow they just get more complex and as layers of complexity come, there's just a disconnect between what you're doing and why it matters. And you know, pastorally, just with the people themselves, um, there was a day when I knew everybody in the church and I knew them pretty well. Um, and today, it's just that's just not the case anymore. You know, there's there's too many people for me to know everybody, and there's you know I know them in terms of just a, a general kind of surface level relationship, but I don't know everybody really well. You know, I don't really know what's going on in their lives. So I, I definitely miss that. Um, there's also uh, sort of a, that's more of a
2: church size thing as opposed yeah. to like a, like a time commitment being
0: yeah. divided, D- divided. Yeah. But I think that, so for, for me with where we're at with the church, the reason that I was bivocational, was because of the size of the church. The church couldn't support my salary. I see. So as the church was, I I know some guys, they raise support or whatever. So those are related. No, they were related. They're related to my mind. Do you miss like going to work? Were there any benefits to, I think there's some benefits to that in terms of just being around non-believers. You know, Um, I didn't have to go find people who didn't know Jesus. I, I had relationships with them and, uh, we talked all the time about things and my direct supervisor, you know, was just, you know, were, were guys who were, weren't saved. And so br- being able to bring the gospel into those scenarios, just through my work ethic and conversations and, um, just random things that would happen, you know, some of the guys, you know, it's a, it's sort of a construction type industry. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, a lot of the guys are, are rough and, uh, you know, they, They, when we're in the shop, getting equipment and and getting ready for the day. They had some pretty rough things to say. And Mm -hmm. it was, it was interesting because I told them right from the beginning that I'm, I'm planting a church. And and so that's what I'm here to do. And uh, so they knew me as a pastor. um, And uh, so it was, it was interesting that that I was outed like that right from the very beginning. And so it just put me in this position where people would, they would talk to me differently, or they would try to poke at me with random questions. You know what I mean? And it was just, it it, it led to some interesting conversations. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I've been full time for a while of course uh, since i've been in colorado but when i was in hungary there were times were like pockets where i would have various jobs and yeah. i i personally uh i didn't need those jobs but i wanted to do mm. them yeah. I, I missed that a little bit and i remember before i even moved to hungary as a missionary i had two summers where i worked in a warehouse delivering furniture assembling and uh that kind of stuff and i loved it i honestly it was like i woke up every morning and prayed like lord what are you going to do today? It hmm. exciting. Yeah. And there's a degree to where I miss that. And one of the things I think about is like guys who are bivocational, I think some of them, um, Man, you know they can only see the downsides. Sure, to
0: it. yeah, it's in, it's impeding on my time, and yeah. yeah,
2: and I don't have time to study and prepare like I'd like to, or et cetera. I could invest so much time, which are all true. Yeah, and, but man, there's a there's also a way in which there's some really huge blessings involved. Well, I think
0: part of it as well as you're talking is just the the whole ability to live in this different way by faith in the Lord it's different when you're able to say okay i've got 20 hours i can give to preparing this message but when you're when you're looking at it going i've got maybe 4 yeah. you know um there's a different sense of i'm trusting god for this in, in a different way and living by faith that way and when god comes through you know you're just you're amazed you know just as much as everyone else is that you know, the lord spoke to them you're you're thinking yeah you don't know what i came up here with you know <laughs> <laughs> right um, right every week is like a
2: small miracle yeah, yeah. every every single time you know yeah. so
0: i think that's really good
2: Cool. Hey, Cody, thanks for being here. I I really hope this will be helpful for many of our listeners. This whole topic, I think is is something which, uh, you know, you've given us some great insight into, and and I'm sure that people are going to glean a lot from it. So any
0: closing thoughts? Um, I think that, uh, you know, just, just as we're talking, the the big thing that really stands out to me is discipline matters a lot. So Mm -hmm. just be, be given over as much as you can, Um, There's a lot that you have to do, um, but there's an even bigger part that the Lord has to do. Don't worry about the part that God has to do. Only He can do that. Trust Him with it. But you've got to do the part that you've got to do. Uh, And so give yourself completely to it. Awesome. Thanks, Cody. Hey, guys, this is Pastor Chris McCarrick. And I'd love to have you come out to uh, the Expositors Collective, which is being held in howell new jersey at cornerstone calvary chapel on september 20th and 21st of this year and we would we would really be excited to see you come so you can register at expositorscollective.com and uh and we we really look forward to meeting with you so love to see you there